This episode of the Mike on Much podcast is brought to you by The Neighborhood, starring Frank D'Angelo in select theaters, August 18th. And I just want to say this is, I've seen every Frank D'Angelo film, and this unequivocally is his best film. And I'm definitely going to see this movie because of Shane's high review. You know what maybe we should do? Maybe we should have a, a Mike on Much viewing party. A screening. Screening with some pod fans. Wow. Maybe Frank shows up. That'd be cool. Just a thought. The Neighborhood, in select theaters, August 18th. Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I am your host, Mike Veerman. I am here with my friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman. What up? And I'm also here with our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. What's up? Guys, this is a very exciting and big episode for us. Shane and I just got back from Just for Laughs in Montreal, the Just for Laughs Festival. Today's guest is going to be Jeff Ross, the Roastmaster General. Uh, we talked to him in Montreal. It was a very insightful interview. We're going to be getting to that in a bit. First, a bit of housekeeping. You know, I got to say, we started this pod. This is the 70th episode. And uh, Dan Crothers, Webmaster Dan, sent us some reviews on iTunes. And I got to say, it's pretty humbling that people listen to the show and then take the time to write these reviews. So we're going to give a shout out to some people here. Uh, Max, you want to take some names? Uh, Yeah, Dan very graciously took a screen cap of all these reviews on Apple iTunes. So here's a couple on highly entertaining, five out of five stars. Regularly, this is from J underscore Andy, A-N-D-E. Regularly causes me to laugh out loud. Great selection of guests and always interesting to listen to whether I'm familiar with them or not. Hearing about the Champagne Boys exploits is always my favorite part, though. I do find the audio quality frustrating sometimes. <laughs> I have something to say about that. You so, know what? We're working on it. No, for, so for the first, because what's happening is a lot of people are sort of discovering the pod and they're going back and listening to the back catalog. A lot of those early interviews, like the first 50 maybe, yep. we usually just put a mic on the table. We didn't actually have microphones where the artist would hold because we didn't think the artist, one, we didn't want to have stands and we didn't know if the artist would like hold the mic and talk. And as time went on, we found better technology and the interviews now I hope sound a little bit better. So anyone that's going back and listening, sorry for the audio quality. We're trying to get better, but thank you for the comment. Another one. Um, we're going to actually read the reviews. It feels so self-serving to read of them. Of course next. we're going to review. Yeah, like this isn't humbling. What does humbling mean again? It's like when you're like. I think it means. Because this stuff always makes me feel like cockier, not like humble. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I always wonder when people say humble. Well, for me, it's like, you know, we do this because we just like hanging out and recording this uh, podcast. And then when you actually, because I don't, you don't really think like, oh, people actually consume it and people we don't know and people that aren't our friends. So then when you read them, actually take their time and write kind things. I'm like, oh man, people are actually listening. That is humbling because we're. I'm doing this for a laugh and to hang out with you guys. And then it's like, oh yeah, people are listening and consuming it and enjoying it. I guess so. I find that humbling. I'm not well, humbled. I, well, I think the, re- the reason why <laughs> I feel cooler than ever. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so some other names quickly: uh, Mego the Ego, Nate Rumble, Doctor J Rock, and uh, Dim the Daylights. Thank you guys for leaving comments. And as Max uh, tries to solicit in every episode, uh, please leave the comments. We yeah, do it. it. Just trying to do my job as a producer, man. That's what you got to do. <laughs> and we're seeing them. Yeah. We're seeing the comments. Thank you very much. Okay, so the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. I couldn't be there. I was in Philadelphia and Detroit. Every time I texted you guys, it seemed like you guys couldn't be happier. It was, uh, it was awesome. It was a revelation. I've never been uh, to the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal. Shane had gone years ago when he was shooting his movie Delivery which is on Netflix if you want to see it. 
And uh, I guess we're just going to kind of walk you through this experience, Max. Yeah. So our listeners, like, hang in. We're going to, Shane and I went. Max couldn't be there. You were missed, Max. You would have loved it as well. I, I'm sure. So, but I want to know what happened because we haven't talked about it. We just said save for the pod. Okay. So we fly out Wednesday night. Yeah. We finish work. We get in a plane at Porter. We go to Montreal. We get into town. Immediately, we go to the Colin Jost, Michael Che Gala. Co-host of Weekend Update. On That's SNL. right, Weekend Update SNL, which we're huge fans of. Uh, so we get third row. We kind of get ushered in. So basically, the way this whole thing was set up was that uh, Much was kind enough to send the pod down there because I was... Um, Sarah Mar- McLaren, shout out. Oh, huge Jeez. shout out to Sarah McLaren. Yeah. There's so many people that deserve props. Sarah McLaren, Mary Costa, Mike McShane. Mike McShane um, so many that were so great for us uh, and made this happen. So we were down there because I was moderating a panel like hosting a panel with a bunch of creators like uh just rain and u2 tv and um for y'all entertainment and because i was doing that they were like hey since you're going to be down there rpr can probably set up a bunch of interviews for the the podcast so i'm like shaney boy you want to go down i said yes so shane and i are there first night we end up going to this che jost uh gala really great they bring out like five comedians one of them is the guy from the movie get out the tsa agent oh cool who's a stand-up it's very he's funny. very funny yeah, yeah. So we were like, literally, our heads spinning the minute we get off the plane. Um, we're at this gala. After that, they're like, hey, we should go to the after show. It's like a surprise show. So we're like, oh, it's kind of like off the beaten path. It's kind of in like this basement club. I'm telling you, like folding chairs, maybe 50 seats. Uh, and we get there, uh, Shane and I. So this is like literally we went from one show to the next. And we should let it be known for our listeners, you know, with you two guys specifically, it's like comedy is your world. It's like you'd be way more excited to see even names that maybe some people haven't even heard of in your mind. Yeah. It's a huge, huge deal. It's like if I were to meet, you know, one of my favorite sports writers or a musician or something like that. Yeah. We love, like we grew up on it. Like I literally read (laughs) Bob Woodward's like uh, the fast times and short life of John Belushi, like wired was the name of the novel when I was in like grade six. Yeah. And you've read the history, the oral history of SNL. Absolutely. You you guys consume every episode of WTF. You're super into kids in the hall. Yeah. Like I liked Coachella, but this Kicked Coachella's ass. Yeah. Totally. Totally agree. So this is literally the first night. So we go to this after show, which is at midnight, which is when the show starts. So we get in there. Shane and I were sitting in the back. We've had a couple drinks. Um, and a lot of the comedians from the Che Jost gala come, but they're they're running different material. So just as a comedy nerd, you get to see what they did during the televised one because they were taping the gala in the big okay. theater. And then them sort of like at the midnight show, you saw how they altered their acts. Definitely a little bit dirtier. Oh, uh, so it was fascinating. MC comes out, like, you know, after like four comedians. He's like, all right, y'all. He's like, uh, I watched this guy go from the clubs to become an international superstar. Everybody, Kevin Hart. (sighs) Kevin Hart. Do you know Kevin Hart was going to be there? So this is the thing. There was rumors that Kevin Hart was going to be there. But once we got into the the venue, I'm like, I'm a little buzzed. I'm like, there's no damn way that Kevin Hart's going to play this like 50 seat venue. And everyone's like, hey, man, that's like, that's what Just for Laughs is all about. Shane was like, oh, I... I knew he would definitely be there. <laughs> You're the most confident <laughs> well, man because, ever. Because, you, you know, you hear the legend of years past. Everyone's like, oh, last year, like, Adam Sandler showed up or whatever. Names yeah. like that. And it's the surprise show. If, like, the fat dude from Letterkenny comes out, it's not going to be that big of a surprise. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, he's a name, but you need that real superstar. So sure. when Kevin Hart came out, I was... Just throwing shade at Letterkenny. Yeah. Not, not shade at all. I'm just saying he's not a superstar sure. as of yet. I he still you. has a shot. He was there. I saw him there. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe cut this part out, actually. Um, <laughs> but point is, yeah, when Kevin Hart came out, I was thrilled, but I was not surprised. Okay. I was surprised and thrilled. <laughs> Kevin Hart proceeded to do a whole hour. I guarantee an you, hour. an hour. I guarantee it's going to be his next special. It was 
tight as f- It was so well done, like in stitches. It was the best I'd ever seen because I saw him five years ago when he just had become a superstar and he came out on stage with like fireworks and all that stuff. And the show kind of wasn't that great. This was much better. Interesting. Yeah. You know, it's always incredible to see really big acts play small stages. Oh, man. Because it's easy to dismiss big acts sometimes when you're like, ah, you know, it's all just a lighting show or eh, I don't know what they're really doing. But when you see them actually... The essence of their talent without the bells and whistles. Yeah, okay, I get it. Well, he even came out and he's like, uh, you know, he acknowledged. He's like, I'm here, I'm doing... He's like, I don't need to do this shit. He's like, but I'm addicted. He's like, I'm addicted to comedy. Oh, wow, that's cool. He does, because he doesn't need to do it. So here's the other thing that you need to know about Just for Laughs is the Hyatt is like the main hotel where all of like these events happen. Like they have a, a giant ballroom where there was an award show. We'll get to that in a bit. And all the comedians stay at the Hyatt all the press was staying at the Hyatt. So like I'm on the same floor as like Mike Birbiglia. So I run into him at the elevator and the thing about just for laughs and I can't stress this enough. So I'm just going to do a bit of an aside here. If you're like a comedy nerd or like a kid that's living in like the Midwest, you're out in like, you know, in Alberta and you're like, Oh, no one good comes out here or whatever. And you're going to go on a vacation. I would save all of my money and I would pick that weekend. I would get a room at the Hyatt. It's like 200 bucks a night or something like that. And I would stay there for that weekend and I would just hang out because what happens is all of the comedians, the comedians are way different than I think other celebrities. They all finish their shows around two in the morning and every night at the Hyatt bar, all the comedians are hanging out there. Wow. So we get back to the bar at like two in the morning and it's like, ju- it's popping. It's we like- didn't know it was open bar either. So that was another <laughs> surprise that we were pleasantly surprised with. And who's there? Colin, uh, Joe, Michael Che, they're just drinking. Like Che was having a good time. Um, he was hammered, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Ross comes rolling in. Kevin Hart rolls in with his entourage, and they end up hanging out in like the comedy lounge, like just around the corner. And so everybody that you might be into uh, or that you like sort of idolize that you might be there to see, not only are you going to be able to sort of see them in a cool venue most likely, but you're going to end up seeing them if you just hang around the bar. So I would say like that would be like the ideal vacation if you're somebody that's obsessed with with comedy. And comedians are a different breed than other celebrities as you're kind of getting yeah. to. It's like different than musicians, different than actors like they're more self-aware they're more like normal people would you because it's all based on their talent to talk it doesn't Mm -hmm. have anything to do with like their looks it doesn't have to do with them being like overly arty in like the music world where you may have to be introverted a little bit to like achieve that kind Mm -hmm. of success in the studio it's like they're they're social animals Mm -hmm. but very but yeah but not on a celebrity kind of level yeah although we did circle colin jose for about an hour and a half building up the courage to uh, ask for a photo <laughs> not to say that you're not you won't get nervous around them because obviously they're huge celebrities but and I'm just he saying, is particularly good looking too yeah <laughs> especially in person i, like, I found his looks very jarring really it was crazy like huh. i just thought he looked like an average good looking guy but in person it's like wow that's like a movie star good looks huh and I, you know, to your point about comedians, I think like there's a, there's a self-awareness there and a lack of pretension. I think to be funny, you have to kind of be able to make fun of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And, and not take yourself too seriously and be like an observer of people, which is going to give you a certain amount of empathy. I think to find the root of the comedy. I think that was similarly, like, that's why I think journalists are good interviews because they're interested in other people. They're self-aware. That's what, like when we interviewed Zach, Zach Lowe, there's yeah. like just a different tone to it. Yeah. So that's night one. Pretty good night one. Yeah. So night two now. We went to the panel for I'm Dying Up Here, uh, which is the show that's produced by Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. So this was like a sort of a big event in a theater, and Jim was there. We'd sort of had some options about things we could do after dinner. And so this panel wasn't going to be like, it's not a comedy show. It's literally talking to the cast and then obviously the producer and Jim Carrey um, about this show. So it was like, do you want to go laugh or do you want to go see Jim? And Shane was very adamant 
that we go see Jim and it was the right choice. Well, Jim is such a legend and he kind of, he's become more interesting as he's gotten older. I've noticed like I was, I looked up some uh, clip of him on Jimmy Kimmel when he had the big beard and he's very like, uh, he's like an existential guy, I guess. and very uh, philosophical. So I was kind of almost worried he was going to be too weird. Oh, so was he just doing a talk or was he doing stand-up? No, no, he was just on a uh, panel, like for a Q and a kind of type of thing. Like there was a moderator and all that, but Jim goes on these like speeches. He's pretty intense. I mean, he had that like anti-vaccination thing for a long time, but he honestly, he wasn't like that. He was so funny. He was clean shaven. He was like thin. He looked like, like just slightly older, like Ace Ventura. He looked cool. He was being so funny. He was the funniest guy in the room by a long shot being classic Jim. Then he'd go on a philosophical tangent and like an existential little rant. And just when it got almost too weird, he'd hit you over the head with like a bunch of funny shit just off the cuff. And you're just like, wow, this guy is still just as sharp as ever. So that was out of control. I thought. Yeah, that yeah, he seems like he's so smart. Like, and it seems like that happens sometimes with comedians as they get older. It's like they want to do more mm-hmm. than just be funny. Yeah, and then like they're just like heavy thinkers. But observations. he was like he was so funny though, and it it was like it was like he could be a perfect cult leader or something. And I would drink all the Kool Aid or yeah. whatever. Like, yeah. <laughs> again, you do that, and then you get back to the Hyatt bar, and it's just like all the comedians are hanging out. The way the weekend works is you you kind of don't stop going. So when, so when you're hanging out at the bar, yeah. are you guys like, oh, should we go talk to that guy? We kind of just were, I don't know, soaking up the energy and talking to each other. Oh, I'm like cool. just excited. We weren't. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we didn't talk to too many comedians. Like I did a red carpet thing where I, I got to talk to like all the biggest comedians. What you're talking about is Friday. So this is our third day now. Yeah. So the third day starts and this is the day where there was a huge award show for uh, all the comedians. But the day starts like this. So we again, we end up at the bar. We're up late. But the day I know isn't starting until we end up going to this red carpet, which is at like 1.30 in the afternoon. I wake up to a text that says, hey, do you want to interview Josh Myers? They gave me the bio. Josh Myers is Seth Myers' brother. He was on Mad TV. Oh, cool. All of these things. So I wake up and I'm like, I've been up late, so I'm not like in tip top Mikey shape, but I'm like, you know what? We came out here. Let's get some damn interviews. Mm-hmm. I jump in the shower. I have like 20 minutes to get down to this interview. Wow. I'm thinking of questions and prepping everything oh, while man. I'm in the shower, run down to the Hyatt uh, bar where I'm going to do the interview, waiting. The publicist comes over. She says, okay, Josh is just out on the uh, patio and he's going to come in in a second. And I go, awesome. Can't wait. I've got all my questions. I'm quite proud of myself that I turned this around in 20 minutes. He comes in and she goes, Mike, this is Josh. And I look up and I don't know if my face betrayed uh, my emotions, but it was not Josh Myers, Seth Myers' brother. Who was it was it? another comedian, Josh Adam Myers. Oh my God. <laughs> so they screwed up who they told me I was getting. So now I'm in a moment. He sits down. Uh, I, we've got the mics. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and I'm I'm scrambling. I'm like, shit. Do I just say, hey, this is really uncomfortable? But man, like, I was expecting the other Josh Myers. <laughs> but I also don't want to embarrass the guy because sure. he's there. He's got a show. So I'm like, or do I just wing it? So then I'm like, so tell me, how'd you get into comedy? <laughs> and then we just went for like 15 minutes and he he talked about moving to la and he he did two years as a pa on keeping up with the kardashians so we had a story about chris kardashian oh wow uh not being very pleasant to work with anyway so i winged it for like 15 minutes straight nice guy will this pod ever see the light of day the interview i did with josh adam myers yeah good yeah we'll see he had some interesting kardashian mm-hmm. stories <laughs> um, it'd be fascinating for the listeners to hear you 
talking to someone you don't know shit about. I was shook off the top. Too. You know what? We should definitely air it. Maybe in one of the episodes will be a collection of these, like these are the shorter interviews yeah. at JFL. But we'll when that we'll prep the listener saying this is one that Mike had no idea who the person was, and that'll be good. Yeah, this is what a no research interview sounds like on the fly. Yeah, like as if I'm just on the go train with somebody. Perfect. All right, we're definitely gonna do that. That's <laughs> all right. Idea. Uh, so from there, and this is where we're getting to some good stuff. There was a giant um, award show that they do at Just for Laughs, and so basically they give they give it like uh, best uh, com- comedian of the year. They went to like Trevor Noah. They went to like uh, performer of the year or something. It went to Mike Birbiglia. Like, was Trevor Noah there? Oh, they all showed up. And then Jim Carrey uh, won like the Generation Award, which is kind of like the Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm -hmm. So like this guy, everybody shows up. Like Judd Apatow is presenting the award for Jim Carrey. So not only do we have passes to go to this thing, but again, much has arranged for us to be on the red carpet. So we brainstorm. We're like, let's put Shaney Boy on the red carpet. Your forte. So while Mike was doing the horrible interview with uh, that Myers guy, (laughs) (laughs) I was... uh, you know, like when I have to do something, I get in a little bit like super serious mode and I just think forever. And then I was brainstorming with my wife and this other guy jokes or things to tell because I'm only going to have, you know, a minute or two. If that. Exactly. With, with Especially chat. with Jim Carrey. I might to only get him to ask him one question. What if I get Judd Apatow? What, what am I going to do? How do I play it? So... I'm just like sitting in deep thought for hours, brainstorming, writing in my book. I saw you prepping for the Melissa Merck interview. It was exactly, <laughs> like, it was exactly like that, like on crack though. So the moment comes, you know, we're waiting around for like an hour, but all of a sudden, before I know it, I'm talking to Judd Apatow. So I worked out this uh, bit where I act like uh, he's broken a lot of careers, like he broke Jonah's career in The 40-Year-Old yeah, Virgin. Of course. I'm an aspiring comedian. I want to be a roast comic. That's the little bit I'm going on. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, really? I'm like, could I try a roast when I, when I meet Jeffrey Ross? Because he roasted me earlier, I tell him. He's like, oh, I don't know if that's a good idea. You better, you better uh, ask him first. I was like, yeah, yeah. Can I try the roast? He's like, okay. And then I go, uh, hey, where'd your hair go, you bald fuck? And I just... <laughs> And Judd just like straight face looks at me. He's like, I, I wouldn't try that. <laughs> he, he says, do you think that's a good thing to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was like, well, I explained to him. I'm like, it's so bad that it could be funny, you know, because it is so dumb. It's like too blunt. He's like, I don't know about that one. He kind of walks away. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Jay Burchell comes yeah, up. Yeah. And then I notice Jay Burchell does a thing I always do to like show off as many tats as possible, like rolls yeah. up the sleeves yeah. all the way to the to the top and i call him out on it because he only really has one tattoo but he, but he rolls his sleeve up just so enough. high and he's got skinny enough arms where he can actually roll it up all the way so i call him out on that we're kind of joking around and then i tell him that i'm going to be emceeing a wedding i ask him for some advice and then i, I tell him a joke doesn't go well same same type of thing like everybody <laughs> kind of hates me on the carpet i'm like the annoying i'm like borat but not funny you know? <laughs> and then uh, uh trevor noah comes up and i Trevor Noah, uh, he hosts The Daily Show, of course, replaced Jon Stewart, but he won Comic Person of the Year. So I have this bit where I'm like, hey, Trevor, you won Comic Person of the Year. There must have been stiff competitions. How many comedians did you have to beat off to get it? And the joke is like, you know, beating off comedians, like jerking them off. And he's like, but I'm being so like earnest and I look like so like nervous. He's like, well, you know, there's no competition in comedy and I don't believe there's a number one and gives me a really honest answer. 
And then I go, well, I think you beat off all the comedians. And then he's just like, thanks, man. <laughs> and then uh, later on, he mentions me in his acceptance speech for up, the award. What did he say? He goes up on this, the, yeah. the award stage. And he's like, well, I was talking to someone earlier today, and they, they asked me if, uh, how it feels to be in competition or be number one. And I told him there is no number one. Yeah. In <laughs> he's imagine because he totally you know, didn't think I was fucking with him. Anyway, then I get Jim Carrey on the red carpet. And when Jim comes, it's not like the other people. All of a sudden, it's like that like thing you see where everyone's just crowding. And like, Jim, yeah. Jim, like the paparazzi yeah. shit. So I'm like, fuck, I'm not going to get in here. I'm not like bullying enough to do this. And then the guy goes, okay, one more question. Then a girl hop butts in front of me and does a question. I'm like, you little <laughs> And then, <laughs> by the way, and I didn't say I said young lady. It is a madhouse on that red carpet. Like, it's like, you know, like 20 outlets, a small red carpet space, and they're all like pigs at a trough, like fighting hard. Oh, and yeah. the good thing is Shane's tall, so he's able to mm-hmm. kind of like get in there. But at times I was like, you, you got to get in there, man. But what I, Jim was making eye contact with me the whole time. And I was doing the thing where I'm trying to look like so innocent, so into everything he's saying. Like, I'm holding out the mic when he's answering other people's questions just to record his answers mm-hmm. for other people. But Jim's like looking at me. So I'm like, I'm going for it. And I just go, uh, what's uh, Moby Dick's father's name? <laughs> just hold the mic up. He goes, huh? What? Uh, I don't know. And I go, Papa Boner. And then he, <laughs> and then he goes, oh, oh, really? Like, he didn't like it, but he didn't hate it. And then he, <laughs> he might have hated it. And then he kind of, and then he walked away. Papa Boner. Yeah, I, th- I like that joke. So how do you feel about your red carpet performance? Well, on these red carpets, you, you might as well do something interesting because it's usually the same shit over and over again. And I think that was the purpose I was there. So in that way, I succeeded. But yeah, I, I thought it was full success. And we'll have a little edit of it and put it together and put it up online or whatever yeah after that night though after the galas was the uh funny or die party this is like mm-hmm. the party on like the penultimate night of uh just for laughs like the friday night and everyone's like this is the best party it takes place in like like sort of this secret place outdoors where it's like high security to get in oh, wow. all the celebrities are there they have like all these food trucks um so we get to go to this and this is where and if you follow us on instagram you probably saw the photo of shane with winner of the bachelor vanessa I don't know her last name. Vanessa from Montreal. Vanessa from Montreal. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to put the brakes on that story right now because we're going to talk about that story in the dessert. I knew that was going to happen. So there's the tease for the dessert. (laughs) That's a good bachelor like on uh, after the break. (laughs) But until then, we are going to listen to the interview with Jeff Ross. Uh, Obviously has had a very sort of interesting career. Uh, He's known as the Roast Master General. If you've ever watched a roast, whether it's Shane Franco or Justin Bieber or Shaq, or Donald Trump, which we talk about, uh, he's there. He's omnipresent when it comes to roast, and he's sort of made it this thing again. And it's been an interesting sort of like evolution of his career and a real niche that he has become the best at. And this, well, I was trying to crowbar in earlier, was a, the big moment for me. And I was a little nervous about it because my plan was to ask him to roast me. <laughs> but like, you know, when you're drinking, like uh, the next morning, it goes one of two ways. You either look nice and skinny and dehydrated <laughs> or your skin is just hanging off your face like you're a men in black alien so i was like Fuck, i don't know man like we, we're drinking every night here but then i woke up and uh the former happened my skin was all sticking to my face nicely so i was like yeah let's uh let's ask him for a roast and see what happens but then once he was there i was like Fuck, i'm not going to ask this question i just i just lost my courage to ask it 
And I, and I was just the camera guy, too, on this. So I'm not even talking. I'm like, what am I going to do? Just put down the camera, stop filming, be like, could you roast me, please? <laughs> well, on the elevator ride down, you were like, you know, maybe we should ask him to roast. And I was kind of like, I bet you everybody asked him that in an yeah. interview. So I just kind of was like, I bet you that's the first thing everyone asks. But then, so I kind of parked it. And you seemed a little disappointed that I'd responded that way. Well, no, I was like, I don't know. Like, and how is my, like, I've never really been roasted by a professional. Like, how's my confidence going to be? Who have you like, been roasted by? Oh, the <laughs> nut. The nut, yeah. <laughs> like, I get roasted by a lot of my friends constantly. Um, but never by a guy who's actually, like, really good at it. <laughs> but then Mike asked uh, at the very end. I'm not sure if this is going to make it. It'll make it because we were feeling good. So I was like, Jeff was like, it was a good conversation. And I was like, I'm going to throw Shane a bone. He'd mentioned it on the way to the interview. Why not? And then he, uh, so Mike's like, oh, could you uh, roast the cameraman here? I'm like, oh, this is the moment. <laughs> and he's like, uh, he's like, hey, why is, the, uh, why is the best looking guy on the crew always the cameraman? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> like he gave me the like John Stamos treatment. Yeah, and I was like, Jeff, that was a roast on me, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a good moment for me. So then, of course, I, uh, you know, I, I get on cloud nine a little bit too much, which will bring me to the dessert. Um, what happened? There. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like the idea of nothing making you happier than Jeff Ross giving you a compliment. It's like, that well, it's he, like man, like he can't think he can't. I'm unroastable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeff was uh, insightful, cool. And he knows Donald Trump personally. And, you know, the minute he said he knew Donald, I, I was like, there's an opening. And how often do you get to talk to somebody that actually interacts with the president of the United States and someone that's so omnipresent in the news? Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was an interesting uh, insight into... Uh, Especially at this time. Donald Trump. Living through. You want to get to some Let's Jeff get Ross? to it. One, two. You're here. You're present. So how'd the rest of your night go? Last night? Yeah. I did like three or four shows yesterday, so I had a great day, and I needed a drink afterwards. Yeah. And I got to loosen up a little bit, relax, see some friends. I love seeing comics I don't get to see normally in L.A. or New York, like the African guys, the British guys, the Australian people. It's so much fun, yeah. I guess that Montreal's kind of great for that because it all amalgamates uh, here. It's international, you know, yeah. and comedy is more and more becoming international. So, And my life is becoming more international, so I really dig coming here. Lots of hugs. How many JFLs have you been at? No idea. I guess it's probably a dozen or more. Lost, yeah. lost count? Yeah. Lost count. Three in a row right here. Well, I mean, like, as far as, I guess, where your career's at now, how does it compare to maybe the, the first few that you came to? You know, I almost, I was here, I was so new. This was gigantic. It was like the first time you go to Disney World. You can't <laughs> believe how big it is. Yeah. And it just blew my mind that comedy was raised to art. You know, I was doing dumpy open mics in New York for free chicken wings back then. So <laughs> the idea that they had like nice couches and custom pillows when you do an interview <laughs> and, you know, uh, you, 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 it was just so built up. And, you know, I would say comedy is Canada's greatest export and this festival is its greatest tourist attraction. Fascinating. Jim Carrey was at my show last night and I was so moved. Uh, it made me realize that he might be Canada's greatest export. He's up there. Yeah. He's up there with Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, did you talk to Jim after the show? Uh, I didn't get to talk to him afterwards, but we gave him a, a big shout out during the show. He took a bow. He made it really funny. It was a great moment. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have a relationship with him? I shook his hand a couple times at the comedy store. Yeah. I'm a big fan of what he does, and I love his new uh, Showtime series. I'm dying up here that he produces. It's Absolutely. great. A lot of friends on that. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting you mentioned Jim, who 
went down to LA from, you know, Canada and Toronto and he grinded, you know, and really worked to make it happen. Yeah. And I mean, I, th I think you followed that path too. Your trajectory has been a pretty fascinating one and one that's probably very hard to emulate. You know, you found your lane and sort of became the best of what you do as far as roasting and oh, all thanks. that. Yeah, man. And hey, it's I, still evolving, bro. Well, that's where I'm at. Trying to do stuff at. up here this time. Always want to mix it up, you know? Well, I mean, I think like comedy and the arts in general, there's times where, you know, it's a really unlikely business to make it in. Were there times where you were ever like, shit, I don't know if it's going to happen? Um, early on, I was still Jeff Lifschultz. Oh, yeah. Trying to figure out what I was, who I was. You know, it took a while, you know. I always did kind of think it was a hobby. I always looked at it at the beginning, like, if I ever got on TV once for five minutes and got to say whatever I want, it would be a dream come true, a rock star moment, and I wouldn't care if I ever did it again. And, of course, I still wanted more and more and more once I did it, yeah. Once you got a taste. Yeah. Well, that was kind of, that's interesting. That was my next question, was essentially, like, were you career-oriented from the start, or was it just kind of around you know no i was gonna be a filmmaker or a writer i went to film school at boston university yep comedy was a happy accident i didn't expect to be a stand-up yeah so how do you stumble into that just by a making buddy your friends of laugh talked me into taking a stand-up comedy writing class in new york city really taught by lee frank a buddy of mine now he's a buddy but then he was a comic and a teacher and uh i loved it right away i was probably the best one in my class and uh Started going to open mics at the end of the class, and I had no social life. I didn't have a lot of friends around, so this gave me everything. Right. Yeah. And it became a... Because, I mean, a lot of people go to writing classes, and they want to do write stand-up or write sketches. How do you realize you have a knack for it? Is it other people saying... Oh, when we, the whole class... Great question. The whole class uh, did, a, did a performance at the end at a comedy club, open mic, and uh, I killed... <laughs> I was just making fun of the sailors in the front row. I didn't even know. I was just doing it as a self-defense mechanism so they wouldn't make fun of me. Yeah. And I made, like, a girl laugh in the, in the back, and I heard that, and I was like, wow, this is, like, powerful. <laughs> I can talk to girls without having to, like, walk up to them on the street. And it gave me a social life and a, and a reason to be. So, okay, so you do that, and then once things start to shift and you realize this is a viable career, do you then become sort of like driven and career-oriented? Or are you still to this day just kind of like going with the flow and doing what you no, like? No, I've become much more disciplined where... That's what um, I'm getting at. I, I, I do... I don't take it for granted at all. You come up here, I will go work out at the clubs every night prep, prepping for Montreal. If you want people to look at you as a good one, you have to be good. You have to be great. Uh, people are... Comics are competitive and judgmental. We love each other, but, you know, we're, we're, we're playing uh, in the Super Bowl up here. you gotta be the, as, you got to have your best shows of the year up here at the Montreal Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. You really want to make your name up here. Yeah. Well, that actually gets to my next question about comics in general. You know, whenever a comic ascends, you know, if everybody's kind of starting out in the clubs and then one ascends and it's a friend, how is the dynamic? It's like, oh, I'm happy for my buddy, but also, shit, where's my shot? And likewise, as you started to ascend, how did you find your peers? My peers were always better than me. So I thought, well, when they make it, I'll know I have to make it. I don't need to make it before them. I was kept my eye on Sarah Silverman and David Tell and, I, and a few other people. And I knew, like, once they were getting some heat, uh, now it was safe for me to try to follow their path. Uh, the New York uh, Greenwich Village uh, open mic circuit, if you will. So... Um, 
But but I guess what I'm saying is like when Sarah gets a show, you're happy for your friend. But then are you starting to go, where's my show or when's now, my stop? I always felt like this is better than a day job, you know. <laughs> no matter what, you're my just friends happy. getting a show back then was like me getting a show because we would all hang out and have something to help her with or root for her. There was always a movie premiere or some cool event that she needed a few jokes for. She would invite me as her plus one. So it was all part of the family, part of the ride, you know. I feel like I'm a comedian before I'm an American, before I'm a Jew, before I'm a human being, I'm a comedian. It's like being in a cult. That's how you identify. Yeah. More so than any <laughs> other label. <laughs> I identify as a uh, female comedian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to talk a bit about Trump. I, I know you identify as a Democrat. Maybe that's like 10 on the list. Uh, but we, uh, on our channel, the Comedy Network here, we aired the Trump roast. Okay. And uh, I, was, I was actually editing the promo, and I used your sound bites. Uh, you know, this guy's running for president. I can't wait for the assassination inauguration. Right. But at the time, he wasn't even, I think he might have entered the primaries. And we aired it kind of like a, ha-ha, can you believe this guy's actually going to run? At that time, could you imagine it was going to become, like he was going to win, I guess is what I'm going to say? It was sort of as a joke. I think even for him, it was a whim, a, a way to negotiate a better deal with his TV show, get some press, some heat. Jokes are all based in reality. So I can't say I was surprised by what happened. He's, he's a very disciplined guy. People underestimate him. Time and time and time again. The politics underestimated him. The country of America underestimated And now the world is underestimating him. He's, he's winning. He might not, you might not agree with what he's doing, but you can't deny the fact that he got it. Yeah. And that's probably the most important to him. So I would just always remind people not to underestimate Donald Trump. Because time and time again, he's come through. Or he's gotten what he wanted. Yeah. You got to break some eggs to make an omelet. Sometimes he breaks a lot of eggs, but he gets it. Do you have a, like a personal relationship with him? I would say we have a personal relationship, yeah. I saw him not too long ago. After the presidency? Uh, 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 shortly before the inauguration. Gotcha. Yeah. So he'd won, but he hadn't been inaugurated. Correct. Um, do you like him? I enjoy his company. He's very charming. I think uh, if I saw him now, uh, things might be a little awkward because I've been you know, saying a lot of crazy stuff. I'm about to drop this immigration special, which I don't think he's going to love. Right. I think he'll think it's funny because the jokes are funny. <laughs> I, like that you, I like that some things are just undeniable. Like, you can disagree, but if shit's funny, shit's funny. That's comedy. It breaks through like that. And yeah. That's what I try to do. You know, I try to stay non-political in my comedy. Um, so I think, I think it's about immigration. It's about the wall and the Muslim ban. And I, I think... No matter where you stand on those issues, you'll laugh at it. And if I can get Republicans and Democrats to laugh at the same thing, that's a win for me. Here's a question. Does Donald Trump laugh? I've never seen him genuinely laugh. He doesn't laugh the way a normal person laughs. But I think he enjoys the comedy. He used to laugh more. The first time I roasted him was probably 97 or 8 or something, 99. And he's cracking up. Yeah. So he had a good, you know, he can have a good time. All right, well, lastly, uh, you co-wrote uh, The Comedian with Robert De Niro. Going forward, is feature writing, I mean, you said you sort of started there. That's what you wanted to do in film school. Is that something you want to go into? You know, I do love movies. I'm a big movie fan. Um, I haven't been inspired to write something new in a while. But it's one of those never-say-never never things. The problem is that stand-up and my actual just life has taken over that discipline where... 
the idea of staying home again for eight months by myself to write something the way I did with that script, that doesn't seem as much fun now. Uh, Interesting. When I could be jet-setting around, ripping into the, my fans on stage, <laughs> going from a music festival to comedy festival to private gig to college to, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I guess, like, with anything, you find, like, the hierarchy of what makes you personally happy, right? So it's like... If you've identified that you enjoy doing that more than other pursuits, I guess why would you pursue other things? Well, the thing about what I'm doing now and my work at, on these documentary roast specials that I've been doing for Comedy Central is I have total control. I get to write it, shoot it, edit it, pub publicize it just the way I want, which in a movie you know, is much, much tougher. It's much, much more collaborative. You know? So I kind of like what I'm doing. I kind of like the way roasting has become... Something bigger than me, something bigger than celebrities and tuxedos. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it fills my heart sometimes in a good way. And you are like, I mean, not a pioneer. These things go way back. But you're at the forefront of the modern resurrection of these things. I mean, how do you frame that in your mind? I mean, you, you're, like, you are synonymous with roasting. I mean, you're the Roastmaster General. Is that something that you even set out to do? Or did you see it growing and, and went, shit, this is a lane? I didn't recognize it as a lane. Uh, it was almost a nuisance for a while, you know, you know I was getting pigeonholed and people always made fun of me for just doing the roast. It started to hurt and I'd branch off and that didn't interest me or it didn't work out and people would come back at me more like, oh, he does. And I was like, you know, why don't I just make the roast great? Why don't I just make the roast something when they say it sounds like a compliment? Yeah. Oh, all you ever do is the roast. Hey, thanks. I don't have to do some other crappy show that you're doing. I can do <laughs> what I want to do in my shows and picked the people I roasted. Now I pick the subjects. If it's a show in a jail or I roasted the Boston police, now I'm roasting immigrants on the Mexican border. Uh, part of it is making that lane wide. And yeah. when that lane is no longer a, uh, a little dirt road, it's a 10-lane, two-way highway, I feel really good about it. Well, you, by embracing it, you sort of did some karate where you turned a weakness into a strength. Thank you. And now the roast battles are going on all over the world and... and, and Roasting is a movement. Thanks for your time, man. I really appreciate hey, it. Hey, thanks for your uh, thoughtful questions. Appreciate oh, it. Thanks, man. Actually, since we're here, quickly, I know everybody fucking asked you this, but could you roast our buddy Shane? He's our pop culture aficionado. Yeah. You, Shane? <laughs> Why is the best-looking guy on the crew the fucking cameraman? That's what I want to know. <laughs> that was more of a compliment yeah. than a roast, but... That was roasting me. Shit. <laughs> Welcome to The Dessert on our very special Just for Laughs episode. Shane and I have been recapping our weekend in Montreal. And Shane, I'm just going to concede the floor. Okay, so I wasn't expecting the webmaster to be here. Dan is in the room. Dan no, Carruthers. yeah, because maybe you're, you guys aren't probably going to like an aspect to this story that happened. Because, uh, yeah, maybe I, I kind of did something probably that I shouldn't do anymore. It, webmaster seems to know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <sighs> Remember I have no idea what you're talking remember about. Remember when right you guys Max looks very nervous. Remember when you guys were like, ah, like Shane, do you think now that you've gotten married, like uh, you're gonna be less crazy or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was worried like, about Well, that. I found a new creative way to still keep that uh, <laughs> way alive. Um, <laughs> that way of living alive. So we, we talked that there was open bar at this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, so the JFL Funny or Die party is uh, the night to go out. It's yeah. It's the night before the last day, but it's the night all the comedians and all that kind of let loose. You know, Mike and I 
we we walk in there, see free pizza. I, I grab a slice. <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I see uh, someone who's like very recognizable. I'm like, oh, oh my God, that's Vanessa from The Bachelorette. Mike's like, no way. I'm like, yes way. So instinctively, I just go, Vanessa. <laughs> like I just say it like she's my buddy. And she leans in. She's like, hey. I'm like, I'm a huge fan. And she's like, you are? And all of a sudden, I'm like, She's more excited that I'm a huge fan. Like <laughs> she's been recognized. You think that's in my crazy mind it's like she's a huge star, right? But she's all happy and like smiling ear to ear. And I'm like, whoa. And she's like, Are you a comedian? And then stupidly, I go on, I'm with media. And that's the last thing a bachelorette wants to hear. Like she's probably like, you know, she's probably not really with Nick, and it's all like a sham. And like now I'm like watching her. Now like, I like do her for TMZ or something. Yeah. Right? So she's like, oh, like bachelorettes hate being watched because you know they kind of leave their jobs after yeah. they get get hired, and they can't really leave their person they're in a relationship with. Yeah. Who knows if they really are or not? <laughs> you put that in quotes. So I asked for the picture. The picture is hilarious, by the way. You have a giant slice of pizza in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not putting that down. <laughs> that lineup was long for that. Zah. Then I'm like, oh, that that's, encounter's probably over. Like, I probably would have had a chance to chatter up if I just said I was a comedian or something. Well, uh-huh. I go to the bar, get drinks. Mike's like, oh, let's sit down in this, like, little outdoor booth. Because this, this uh, it's like a little cabana type area where they have couches and kind of like uh-huh. fake palm trees and shit. Yeah, it's all outdoors, by the way, this yeah. thing. It's like a fun, like, festival area. And we sit down, and then out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, shit, Vanessa's right there sitting by us. And then we notice Vanessa keeps looking over at us, unless I'm being insane. Vanessa was looking. You were not being insane. Okay, so she keeps, like, <laughs> looking over. Like, I'm like, what, does she have a crush on me? Like, I guess, you know, I am a good-looking guy. Like, yeah. I'm on Rose. Jeff Ross loves <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm looking good this weekend or whatever. But then I still think maybe it's in my head. Then her friend starts, like, lifting her legs over her head and doing really odd stuff. Vanessa gets up. She's there with, like, another girl that is, like, kind of like she's getting drinks for her. Like, we don't know if it's her assistant or her bestie or kind okay. of a mix of both. But they're kind of, like, they're partying and, like, dancing in their little booth and kind of... It was a very weird scene. Okay. Always looking over at us. So I'm like, man, I'm getting an, another drink. So <laughs> I, Like build up the confidence. Build up the confidence to go like talk to her. This could be, one, a great story for the pod. Two, just a cool experience. Yeah. So getting more drinks with Mike. And, and, okay, here's a question. Had, had you texted Alex yet to tell her about this? Because your wife, Alex. And I did. Loves the Bachelor. He deleted her number the minute that this started going down. <laughs> it's over no but um so just drinking and mike's like oh i should go ask her uh to be on the pod he's like this could be incredible like i was thinking thinking. i was thinking like you max yeah good i was like okay let's kind of uh bide our time and then i look over and all of a sudden there's this guy talking to her this comedian dude (laughs) i recognize him he used to work for video on trial at much his name's eddie delicepe and i had always i'd always heard Eddie's always, anytime you see Eddie, he's always talking to a woman. He's out and about. He's ignoring his friends. And as a single guy, single guys do that. But he's a good looking guy. single. He's a comedian. Let's not go nuts. (laughs) (laughs) He's a guy who exists. And, you know, I I never particularly liked his comedy. And now that he's talking to Vanessa, I kind of like, it's really bothering me for some reason. Because you get competitive. It's it's not even, and I was willing to give him a chance. So (laughs) (laughs) once he leaves Vanessa, I'm like, let's see if Eddie's. Really what I heard about him, which is maybe he's not the nicest guy in the world to guys. He's very like, you know, that type of charming guy to girls. But to guys, I hear he's not so welcoming. So I, I go up to him. I go, Eddie. He's like, hey, wh- hi. 
I'm like, what'd you say to Vanessa? <laughs> He's like, Who, who's Vanessa? I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, right. All your comedian buddies were looking over every two seconds. Like you were talking to like the, the, the prom queen or whatever. Yeah. Everyone knew who she was. And he's like, I, I don't know. It's just a girl. I'm like, what'd you say? He's like, I, I don't know. And he goes, I got to go. And just walks <laughs> away from me. And I'm like, I f***ing hate this guy. Right? <laughs> like, I just have an unhealthy vendetta with this. He blew you off. He just, like, walked away. And I'm like, hmm. So I, I go. <laughs> I didn't sad. see the encounter. I, I get a drink. And I'm like, I don't want to be too pissed off, but it's really bothering me. I, I go to the. I don't po- even know at this point what you're bothered about. Well, to be fair, it's a weird question to be asked from a guy who doesn't even know. If you were talking to Jared Leto and a fan walked home, I was like, what was it like talking to Jared? You wouldn't be like, who? I don't know who Jared yeah, is. Okay. That's fair just enough, a musician. Yeah. So I go to the porta potty, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> there's porta potties out here, and these girls were talking about Vanessa, like Vanessa from the Bachelor Hairs. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I don't think she's with Nick. They're like, what? who are you? <laughs> And I'm like, oh, like I was just talking to Vanessa. I think she's not with Nick. They're like, why do you think that? And I'm like, well, she's kind of like making eyes at me. <laughs> and they look, they look at me. They go, I really don't think she's making eyes at you. <laughs> and like, like female comedians, they're not like normal like women. Like they're just like they're real. They don't like. They're like, oh, Vanessa likes you. They're like, you're ugly, bro. Like, That's the way they're treating. <laughs> That's the way they're treating me. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm in like a super grumpy mood. <laughs> so then I come back from the porta potty, and Mike is sitting with Vanessa. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not mad. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying like, to lock down an interview. I, I'm like, I'm like glad he's in the booth. I'm like, now I'm gonna go sit. So I, I sit down, and Mike kind of gets up, and then I scooch over to Vanessa. I'm like, hey, so you're gonna do the pond? She's like, no, you gotta go through my publicist or. And Mike had mentioned that to me. He's like, oh, we got to go through a publicist, as Mike had predicted. Mike leaves for whatever reason. So I was like, oh, hey, do you, uh, do you live in L.A. with Nick? She goes, no, my, my family, I'm still in Montreal. And I'm like, oh, she's totally not with Nick at all. And then I'm like, oh, do you still work? She goes, no, I left my job. I just run my charity. I'm like, oh, now she has to stay with Nick because if she doesn't, she loses all of her Instagram endorsements and everything. So I'm really like, she's not with him. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, but uh, you know, your charities, uh, I didn't say it like that. <laughs> You've been in Montreal. <laughs> your, your charity. <laughs> your charity, man. And then, uh, <laughs> your, your, I don't know, Jamaican, Jamaican French. Yeah. I'll say French Jamaican. <laughs> and then uh, I'm like, oh, but you're still working with uh, special needs. She's like, oh, yeah. And then I started, I asked her another question, kind of more personal. I can't remember what it was, but I know it was like teetering on the line of acceptability. She's like, this isn't your podcast, okay? <laughs> and then I'm like thinking, is she being flirty or not? And then she just turns, she, she just turns her head away and just stares at the front like I'm not even there anymore. <laughs> but I'm like, just sitting there. And I'm like, I look like the biggest loser. Like, this is one of the loseriest nights of my life. It was two reality shows, The Bachelor and The Biggest Loser, all right there on the couch. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm just like in a bit of a rage. Now I'm like, I'm going to go find Eddie. <laughs> this, is, this is all true. And I'm like, I'm like strutting around. Like, I'm kind of like, uh, like, okay. I'm like Liam Gallaghering around, like strutting around. <laughs> really like, chest out. Yeah. I'm like, if Liam Gallagher was like super uncharismatic, <laughs> like, like, for instance, I, I see Russell Peters taking a selfie and I just get in his selfie. Like I just totally cockily bomb it in the background with a peace symbol. And like comedians are actually pretty cool when you do something ridiculous like that. As long as like people think might think I'm a comedian. So Russell like looks back, like waits for me to say a funny line. And I just go like blank face. 
that's what happens. <laughs> he's like, okay, this is a regular dude. This isn't a comedian. This guy's just an unfunny asshole. <laughs> then I lose a little bit of, of time here. So I'm like, I'm taking it easy because I have the panel the next day. Sure. And so I'm kind of ready to go, but it's getting near the end. And Shane is on a mission to find Eddie Delisepe. He's like, I'm, I'm go- I got to find him. I'm go- like, I need to talk to him. I got to confront him. He, he, he blew me off, man. And so I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, I'm going to have to stick with him because if I leave and then he finds Eddie Delisepe, I don't know what's going to happen. But, I, you know, we're here on the generosity of much. So I'm like, OK, I'll walk around with you and see if we find if we find him. Because then if anything happens, I'm there to like uh, break it up. Yeah. Go film it. Uh, so <laughs> I uh, we walk around the party. We cannot find Eddie, probably for the, the good of all. Yeah. And finally, I'm like, all right, I'm like, you, you want to shut it down? And he's like, OK, fine. I'll go back to the hotel with you. So we go back, they're handing out like bagels in the lobby. He grabs a bagel, I grab a bagel. And I'm like, all right, like I'm going to shut down. He's like, yeah, 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 me too. And I go to walk toward the elevator and I look back and Shane is in the, like the elevator to leave, to go out again. And he's just, <laughs> he's fuming. And I'm like, he's going out to try and find Eddie Del Sepi again. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I tried my hardest. And then, so I get into my elevator and then just as the doors are shutting, he like gets into the elevator. And I'm like, okay, good. He's going to go to his floor. And there's a couple guys in the elevator. And we're quiet. We're munching on our bagels. And he goes, he turns to one guy and he goes, hey, he goes, you know what he does? <laughs> and the guy goes, he goes, yeah, I do. Why? And he starts laughing. <laughs> and we get to Shane's floor and the door opens. Shane goes, no, no, no. I want to talk to this guy about Eddie Delisette. <laughs> so then we get to my floor. I'm like, I'm going to bed. And Shane just rode up the elevator with this guy. <laughs> so I kind of remember the conversation with this guy. I was like, he was just talking to girls, like ignoring me. He's totally rude to me. <laughs> I guess I swear he's like, yeah, that's Eddie. That's how Eddie is. Yeah, he loves girls or whatever. And then I'm like, ah. So I go down. <laughs> I go back down to my room now alone in the elevator. And then I'm like, this isn't over. So I get, I like, I log into Mike on Much's uh, Instagram account. I'm like, it's time to find Eddie. Find Eddie. I DM him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like trying to craft it, but I know I'm like, I'm like drunk brain, but you know, drunk brain, you try to act like, Hey, I'm kind of like with it. I can write this. Try out. to use big words. I, I can't, I can't. I'm like, ah, I had the, I'm like spending hours here. I'm like displeasure. I'm like, aha, that's a good word. Like I had the displeasure <laughs> just typing shit. I don't even know anymore after displeasure. I'm just like so happy I get that down. <laughs> and then I'm like, send. And then I'm, I'm like, ah, he, nah, that's not done. I go to Eddie's page and I start commenting on every photo. And then, and then he's got a photo with 85 likes. I'm like, oh, 85 likes, killing it, brother. And then I log into my other account. I'm like, good one, Mike, I'm much. I'm like acting like all these people hate Eddie all of a sudden. But really, it's just two accounts. And one is absolutely exposing me as the culprit. So... In the morning, uh, I wake up like a bad dream. I'm like, oh, no. I'm like, that couldn't have actually happened. <laughs> I look at the DMs. I'm like, oh, fuck, I've left this like crazy digital trail. I'm like, Mike on Mutches. Like, I'm embarrassing you guys. Really, I've exposed myself. And Eddie just goes, hey, man, I don't know what's going on, but I was drunk. And then I just go, sorry, man, we were hacked. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. That's our Just for Laughs episode. There'll be so many more interviews coming. Thank you so much for listening. The Mike on Much podcast uh, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Mike on Much. As I mentioned up the top of the show, 
ratings and comments in iTunes are greatly appreciated. A uh, huge shout out to, uh, yeah, once again, Sarah McLaren, Mike McShane, the whole crew here. Mary Costa. Yeah, Bell Media for uh, hooking us up with our trip to Montreal. We really appreciate it. The artwork for the show is provided by Jenna Gregory. You can find her stuff at jennasdoodles.com. Thanks very much, Jenna. Uh, what else we got? A big apology to Eddie Delaseppe on behalf of Shane for <laughs> yeah, the Mike and Much apology. podcast. Yeah. No one mildly offends Shane Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> the Mike and Much podcast is produced by Max Kerman. I am your host, Mike Nerman. See you next week if we don't die on the weekend. I got my head.